Hey, besties. My name's Lisa. And my name's Tamara, and we're BFFs. Tamara and I met when we were about 12 years old, growing up in good old Fairbanks, Alaska. And we've been best friends forever since. That's right. And that's why we've decided to have some fun, friendly conversations with the bestest of best friends. We'll talk about how we became best friends, our experiences together, and have other best friends on the show to share how they met. Who knows? You never know when you'll meet your next BFF. Now let's get into it, how I met my BFF. Welcome to a special episode of How I Met My BFF. Hi, Tamara. Hey, Lisa. <laughs> All right. So today we we are going to go into the archives here a little bit for our listeners. And instead of bringing on guests today, we are going to talk about something that we get asked about a lot. And it's a fun fact you already know about us, and that is that we both grew up in Alaska. And it's been about 30 years since I've lived there. And I, I get pretty normal, regular questions about it when I say that I'm from there. Do you find that people have certain questions that they ask you, Tamara, when you, they find out you're from Alaska? Yes. It used to be more like, oh, did you grow up in an igloo? Um a lot of questions, especially in the 90s from that show, Nor- Northern, Northern Exposure. Exposure, they had thoughts. But recently, and I haven't even told you about this story. Ooh. And um, yeah, it's kind of funny. Recently, the, the bus um, that oh, they had from- helicopter, people were dying trying to go visit the bus from, from Into the Wild listener. Yes. So if yes. you're a BFF listener, if you're... <laughs> wondering what we're talking about. There was a movie called Into the Wild, which was based on a true story of a gentleman who traveled, he kind of went nomad and ended up in Alaska, in Fairbanks, outside of Fairbanks, I should say, and lived in a bus out in the middle of nowhere. And his life ended tragically. He kept a journal. So there was some info about his adventures. He ended up, I think, eating some berries that were poisonous, which you do learn that growing up in Alaska. Don't eat like certain berries. Um, And then I think that's what killed. uh, Yeah. Because what happened is he stayed too long and then the water was too high for him to get back or something like that. There was, there was some issues of him being able to get back. So, okay, now we're up to date. (laughs) (laughs) So people are going to visit this bus and then of course getting hurt and getting stuck and blah, blah, blah. Right. Yes. And I believe Last spring, it was before we went last summer. Like they took the bus away so that people. They could. took it, they flew it into Fairbanks, and it's, I think, at the university in Fairbanks. Anyways, but what I've been running into this past year is when it comes up that I'm from Alaska, there's a number of young folk <laughs> that are working away, saving their money diligently. So they could go up to Alaska and visit the bus. <laughs> I think it's kind of funny. It's so interesting. I have a bus that people could go visit in Alaska. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's free. <laughs> it's green. Um, you know, probably still, if you put some oil and gas in it, could drive away off land. But um, it's kind of funny. And so, yeah, that's kind of my questions lately regarding Alaska. Do you still have the keys to said bus, though? Oh, you don't need the keys. They we it, really? Yeah, we jumped 
like, you know, hot, yeah. hot wire. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Old school. Okay. So the question, it's funny that you bring that up of the different things. I remember, yes, when I was younger, so the people I would be talking to would be younger. Uh, I would definitely get the igloo question. And, but I don't get that anymore as a more of a, an adult. And then I do realize looking back, there's certain things with certain times of things in the news or the media that will prompt certain questions. So like nowadays I might get some of those questions about the reality shows or certainly uh, when Sarah Palin was running for uh, presidency or the vice presidency, Mm -hmm. that brought up a lot of additional questions, which I will share a little weird fact. So my mom, although I lived in Fairbanks, my mom lived in Anchorage and also uh, lived in Wasilla, which is where Sarah Palin was the mayor and saw Russia. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't see Russia from there. Um, <laughs> and she, uh, I think she still lives there. Anyway, when I, so I actually lived in Wasilla, you know, when I would visit my mom, I, I didn't live there um, for the school year, but at the time, and this was in the eighties, there was one traffic light. And there wasn't even a McDonald's. So just to give you an idea of like how small it was at the time, it's a lot bigger now. And another weird fact is that my mom was involved in the Miss Alaska pageants and like Miss Anchorage, Miss Wasilla, Miss Fairbanks pageants. She would do judging and she would do choreography. And so she was involved in that. So ironically, I actually have literally seen a Miss Wasilla pageant before. (laughs) And Sarah Palin was, I think she was Miss Alaska or something like that. She was in pageants. Um, I did not see Sarah Palin in the pageants, but it was just weird, a weird coincidence of all the little teeny tiny towns and of all the little teeny tiny pageant towns, I've, or pageants I've seen, that is actually one of them. So mm, interesting. I haven't seen, I mean, I've lived in California for 30 years, never been to a pageant. So it's kind of funny. Um, but I would say the most common question I get or immediate question I get, there's two. One is, oh my gosh, it's so light out there. How do you deal with the light? The 24, isn't it 24 hours of light? And my, so listener, BFF, yes, it is light out there in the summer. We just had our summer solstice, uh, which means, well, everyone had their summer solstice, which means like the longest day of the year in our hemisphere. And that is really awesome. And I love that time of year. So it's funny. People ask me as if it's like a, like, how do you deal with that? Like, oh my gosh, it must be so weird. And I always say it's the best time. Like I love when it's light out. I have more energy. It's just exciting. We were just there last year and it's like, you stay up till two or three in the morning. And I, I never stay up till two or three in the morning, <laughs> but in Alaska, you just, it's still light. So you're kind yeah. of tricked a little bit. It's kind of cool. Well, I don't if I don't know if you remember Troy, my first husband. I do um, remember. I recall him. Yes, him? <laughs> <laughs> when he for he, you know, we lived in Hawaii, and when he first went to Alaska, I think we had been married for like two years at that point, and um, it was in August, the beginning of August, and we one evening, and it, we I have it on videotape. We we're cutting my brother's hair out on the porch. And all of a sudden he's like, what time is it? And I'm like, oh, it's about one o'clock in the morning. 
And he's like, you guys are effing crazy. Why are we even still awake? And I have it on video. It's kind of funny with, you That's know. That's pretty much <laughs> how it is. You just yeah. don't even really, it feels like it's six o'clock at night or something. And you look at your watch and you're like, what? Uh, so yeah. to me, that's like the best time of, I I enjoy that part the most of Alaska. But what I say to people is, well, honestly, the harder part for me was it being dark most yeah. of the time. And I mm. always find it interesting that people don't ask about that. Because it would be dark, you know, you'd go to school or dark if you go to work and dark when you come home and dark, dark, dark during recess and dark, you know, as a kid growing up and, and cold, of course. And, and I just, I just find it interesting that people ask about the light, not the dark. <laughs> yeah. The dark is to me more challenging. The worst part. Yeah. 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 Nope. I do not miss that. No. Other than the Northern lights, the, it did help with the Northern right. lights. But other than that, that's all. Which brings us to yet another misconception about Alaska, right? So sometimes people will say, oh, I want to go up and see the Northern Lights. And you're like, well, you could try. I mean, you could increase your odds by going maybe in September when it's not so cold, but it's dark enough to where you might be able to see. (laughs) But it's not a guarantee. It's like saying you want to go see a rainbow or a hurricane or I guess a hurricane. You might actually get some notice. But it just happens. It's not yeah. It's not a guarantee. So if someone's trying to sell you, here's a little disclaimer, public service announcement. If someone's trying to sell you a trip to go see the Northern Lights, read the fine print because there is no guarantee you're going to see them. Well, if you go north of Fairbanks, it's pretty good guarantee. Really? If, like where north of Fairbanks? Like, like, on my, like we're up by my property, by... Yeah, um, there's actually a Northern Lights retreat there, and they're booked out for the next five years. They have these cute little igloo houses. Yeah, I built the road that goes up to it. I helped build that road with my own bare hands. You can always (laughs) learn more about your best friend, even if it's been nearly 40 years. Yeah. So wait, igloo, you don't mean like out of snow, though, like a little like a... Yeah, it's like fiberglass. Yeah, it's like a yurt, but it's igloo style. Okay, it shape, but yeah, and it has um, it's all open like when windows oh, okay. are um, clear. You could and yeah, who knew? I so uh, how far out of Fairbanks is that? Like an hour or two? Um, no, it's about uh, like forty miles north. So is 40, this where you just were the other like last year? Did you stop by and yeah. visited that place? Yeah. Oh, okay, got yeah. it. Okay. And um, it's on the road on the way to our property. And I, that part of the road, there's seven miles of road. That part of the road was swampland. And we like for years had to go in and a bombardier and we had to corduroy the road, which where you take logs and you like do the system so you could, you know, not sink in the swamp. And literally if you went 500 feet to the right, apparently it's the number one viewing spot north of Fairbanks to view the Northern Lights. And so now they have all these, maybe like 20, maybe more um, little igloos or yurts that you could stay in. And it's really impressive. Well, I stand corrected. Apparently (laughs) you can increase, you've just increased your odds, BFFs, if you want to see the Northern Lights. There is a solution in sight. How cool is that? The best time is, you know, when it's super cold and yeah. you can hear the northern lights. And But no, it's, um, yeah, I highly recommend it if you ever get a chance. It's beautiful. 
How fun. I, I know I definitely, I have, I mean, I saw Northern Lights a lot, but it's, it's kind of one of those weird things because it's so cold outside. Mm-hmm. You're not necessarily standing outside looking for them because you're inside. So it would make sense if you have a roof that you could see through, well, then more likely to actually catch it. They, I remember them being pretty good in August. Like we would get home from the fair. So that would be like the middle of August or whenever. And we would take lawn chairs and go up and down Hamilton Acres and chase the Northern Lights and watch them. I remember them being good sometimes, but you weren't always there in August either. So maybe no, I was not there. I was okay. in California. Yeah. But I, I mean, I remember seeing them throughout my life. It wasn't that I didn't ever see them, but. The best Northern Lights I saw was in North Pole, which, mm-hmm. BFF listener, there's actually a city called North Pole right outside of Fairbanks. What, like 20, 30 minutes outside of Fairbanks? So I'm not talking about the actual physical North Pole access on the globe. I'm talking about a city called North Pole. But it was really beautiful. Like, they were dancing. It was so, so cool. So um, that was pretty cool. Uh, okay, so the other question that I get is, um, the other question that I get, which I don't know if you get this, our comment will say, oh, I've heard there's so many single guys or there's so many more men than women in Alaska. <laughs> oh, yeah. So if you're single, you should go up there if you're looking for a husband. And I said, well, <laughs> maybe that's. There's probably some truth in that, but what is your response when people tell you that? Tell you that, and I'll tell you mine. I just say good luck. <laughs> um, no, there's many wonderful, just like anywhere else in the world, of uh, people and men in Alaska. But I also say good luck, and I don't know what else to say to that. Okay, well, here's what I say. I just think of like, well, you think of like the probability of everything, right? Like. Okay, first of all, I think the misconception is how big Alaska is. It it just can't quite wrap your head. If you've never been there, you can't quite wrap your head around how incredibly large it is. So if you, yes, if you actually took a poll of every single person in the state border, maybe there, there probably are a lot more men. However... There's Aleutian Islands, there's places out in the middle of nowhere, there's Prudhoe Bay, which is like just oil, uh, you know, um, there's environmental things. So there's a lot of places what I would consider the middle of nowhere. And there's industry like the oil industry, the hunting, fishing, environmental, military, not huge industries for women. Not that there aren't any women there, but, you know, certainly in the 80s more male dominant places. So that's where I'm like, well, there might technically be more men in the actual state, but in the city area, like in Anchorage, Fairbanks, probably Juneau, it's, I would say if they pulled that, it's probably a little more even, you know, male, Mm -hmm. female, because that's, so that's where I think it gets a little tricky. I'm like, well, (laughs) maybe there's more men, but they're just out. You just can't find them because they're in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, maybe that's a, I don't know what to, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, so that, so that was my theory. So it sort of depends like what you're into. If you, if you like, uh, if you love like outdoor sports and 
sharing it out. Winter sports. Yeah. And you're not super frilly, you know, like you're like, I'm cool with, you know, I mean, there's homes there. Then I would say, yeah, go for it. More than likely to find your match. Cause that's a, you know, it's a big part of the enjoyment people have is, is the nature and the access to nature and being outdoors and hunting, fishing, things like that, mm-hmm. going on adventures. So if that's not really your, your cup of tea, then you might look in a different state. Well, I mean, we kind of have that here in Montana as well. You, I mean, you definitely, I feel being a single person in my experience, like you have to, you know, want to do go fishing and camping and all of that kind of stuff, which I love to do. I'm not saying it's just a man thing, but yeah, definitely. Um, I, I've experienced similar dating situations in Alaska and Montana. So yeah, I'm sure that's why I live point. in California. <laughs> Now there are a lot of camping. Don't get me wrong. So many outdoor (laughs) things to do here. And I do love doing outdoor things as long as it's like, especially like if I'm eating lunch on the patio at the Ritz Carlton, you're Um, outside, you're looking at the beach, (laughs) the wind is blowing. (laughs) Yeah. I've I've camped a lot in California as well. So, but no, there's tons of camping. There's also more people to choose from. So like Mark and I, you know, we, we definitely, I mean, I have, I don't even know if he's ever camped. I'll have to ask him. I think he did when he was a little kid, but (laughs) yeah, I'm definitely not on the camping uh, bus. Let's just say, Mm -hmm. but I have camped before. All right. So what else, what else do you feel like you wish people knew about Alaska, but. That I wish I, um, I think that the one thing that I always try to share with people is, and I found this similar in Hawaii as well. So I think it's about how isolated we are from, especially um, maybe our generation where we had parents who moved up there. I mean, for pipeline, the pipeline. Um, So, you know, I, I think that I have, learned to make every person who has entered my life, like it, they're like family. And I've learned that not everyone does that in the world. Um, Hawaii is very similar, but you like, no matter who the person might be, even if you're not related to them by blood, I learned that they're your family because that's all you have, you know, like you count on your friends and people that you don't, you know, that you count on them a lot. I feel compared to other places that I've lived where people don't even meet their neighbors or um, things like that. So I try to spread, you know, like Alaskan people rock. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we we're friends. I feel we can make friends with anyone because of Mm -hmm. how we were raised or being in Alaska. Yeah, I would definitely, I was going to definitely say People are more open. I have found to be more open, friendly, mm-hmm. not friendly, like, Hey, I want to be a restaurant, but just like kind to strangers, kind kindness. And I had a similar, like when I was in my early twenties and I went to Europe, I felt that same kind of like, Oh, let me help a person out. And which isn't really 
something yeah. that not that people aren't helpful here in California, they are, but it's definitely a different feel. And people, I was going to say something and I forgot what it was, but I'll think of it later. I definitely agree that Alaska rocks. Uh, one of the things I'll share with people is like, you can't be like a wuss and live in Alaska. Like you, you, it's, it's survival, but I don't mean like that your life's on the line necessarily on a regular basis, but it could be, you know, it, it might be if you break down and you know, there's no AAA to call or there's, you know, no cell service or it's really cold, you know, below zero, 20 below zero. And, you know, you do rely on the kindness of other people, even if you know them or not. And you have to think like, okay, what do I need to do to get out of this situation? How can I figure this out and be prepared? So in that sense, I think like we, you and I went to a wedding together a few years back where it was an Alaska couple getting married (laughs) and they, they got, it was at a a private home and it was so cool to watch it in action because it was like, everyone just chipped in. They were like, give me the hammer, give me the nails, get the thing, put over here. Da, da, da. I mean, without like necessarily yeah. being asked to, there was no formalities of like, well, you know, we're guests. And it was very, and I said, this is how Alaska's run the show. It's like, let's get in there, do the work, get it done, you know, no complaints and make it happen. And I've had that experience. We just had that at our reunion last year as well. It's like, everyone just chips in. And I love that feeling of being around people who are kind, but also willing to work hard and and put the community above, above everyone. I like that. Yeah. Definitely friendly. <laughs> but I don't think I'd ever, you know, go back to live full time there. It's just the darkness and the cold, but maybe with global warming and it'll get better. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, it's interesting. I same every time I go there, I fall back in love with it. Uh, every single time, it's kind of like like visiting an ex, you know. <laughs> You're like, why did we break up again? And I I get tempted, like, oh, it's just so much space and so beautiful, and the flowers and the people, and even the food is really good, and the art is great, and the conversations are great, and I just I definitely still feel at home there in so many ways. And then I got to remind myself, Lisa, it gets super cold here. Like, just slow your roll. Because for me, I I do enjoy living in a place where it's warm most of the year. And, you know, my idea of winter boots is wearing socks with my Converse. You know, it's not, it's, (laughs) I don't, I really, really enjoy that easy living is what I would say. I feel like it's easy living in California where, you know, easy living is different for different people. That's for me, my definition of it. Um, but I, I definitely still think it's beautiful there. I still love a lot of people that live there and I'm really grateful that I grew up there. Yeah, it's definitely, I think, help build character for me to deal with, you know, different things in my life that I've had to deal with. Um, it definitely helped me become a stronger person. So yeah, it's all good. And we, we do have fun on dog sleds. (laughs) 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 
but we do have cars as well. <laughs> oh yeah. That sometimes people would say yeah. like when we were younger, they're like, Oh, did you go to school on a dog sled? And I would say, well, I did. There were dog sled teams in my neighborhood, certainly. Mm-hmm. But you know, what's funny. I don't even know if I've ever been on one, like officially I've been on toboggans, I've, you know, snow machined and all that stuff, cross country skiing and skiing. But I, if I've been on a dog sled, I do not remember. I've seen um, one. I just don't know if I've ever actually ridden in one. I felt like I have a video of you and I on a dog sled with David right. and Frank. Um, yeah. Anyways. Oh, my God. I have never. <laughs> but if it, anyone would remember, it would be you. I don't remember that at all. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. We were videotaping <laughs> them snowboarding. But we I were remember all that. Sled and snow machine. Um, okay. I remember. Yeah. I'll have to try to find the video, but yeah, anyways, pretty fun, pretty fun. Uh, and then everyone thinks we have a lot of money because we get dividend checks. That's an, an right, <laughs> right. They'll go, don't you get paid to live in Alaska? And I said, well, <laughs> do you get yeah. a check if you're a citizen or a resident? Yes. Could you live off of it? No. I mean, and it fluctuates depending on the year because it's based, it's called, it's called the dividend check. And I remember it was, it started when we were pretty young, like. It started in um, third grade nine, or something. Or? 1982. Okay. Yeah. So pretty young. Every resident, mm-hmm. man, woman, child would get, as long as you're a resident of Alaska, you were entitled to a dividend check. And the first year, I think it was $1,000, which was, you know, that was a lot in the, you know, hello, you know, that was great. But it's just once a year. And then I remember one year it was like 300 something or, you know, so it does fluctuate because it's based on, oh gosh, don't quote me on this, everyone, because you could probably Google it and really get the facts. But from what I remember, it's like the oil that they sell and it's based on like the profits and then they divide it up amongst the residents of the state. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's so, but you. It's a little bonus. It's like a little like bonus. Yeah. Unexpected bonus. With, yeah, it's, I, it's not a huge help. <laughs> yeah, well, it's better than a sharp stick in the eye, but it's you're, you can't, you know, quit your job and live off your dividend check. <laughs> yeah, no. So. no. Well, I don't know if you know this, that that's what inspired the magical school bus trip across the country that I got to go on with my parents was. Oh, because they had the money. The checks came in that year, and at that time there was five of us, so they thought they had hit the jackpot and um I was handed a trash bag and at like 11 o'clock at night in November um said pack your clothes we're going on a trip and we traveled around the country in Canada um because of the dividend checks that came out that year so yeah super super cool (laughs) hippie parents totally yeah I that's so funny. Yeah, I remember getting them, but I it was I, I do recall having a savings account as a little kid. And I thought, you know, now that you know Ariana, my daughter's 19, I thought, gosh, she didn't get a checking account till I don't know, kind of recently. And I thought, why is that? I'm like, well, she didn't have money getting sent to her every year since she was, you know, <laughs> six years yeah. old or whatever. So it would kind of make sense now that it looked looking back, it made sense for us to have that that um access. But, um, well, this has been fun to kind of revisit our roots a little bit and 
and uh, dispel some of the myths. Some of the deep, deep thoughts of Tamara and Lisa regarding Alaska. Sorry to all of our Alaska friends and family who are thinking this is hilarious. No, and if we got any facts wrong, well... Oh, well. (laughs) This is not a fact-based podcast, so we apologize. It was not intentional. Anyway, we do encourage you to go visit Alaska, and we're not getting paid for this endorsement, so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, hey, you never know. You might meet your best, your next best friend up in Alaska. That could happen. Uh, until next time, we will see you soon. All right. Bye. bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. Hey, Bestie. Thanks for listening. If you like this episode, be sure to hit that subscribe button to get notified of new episodes and check out cool Bestie gift ideas at howimetmybff.com. That's right. And also leave us a review. Those reviews help us out a lot and are one of the best ways to support us. Yes. And if you have a fun story about how you met your BFF, send us an email at info at howimetmybff.com. We would love to hear about it. Definitely. And hey, maybe we'll have you on our next episode. That would be awesome. Until next time. Love ya, BFFs.